Welcome to Footy for Two. I'm Solomon Dubner. I'm joined by a special guest today. Hi, I'm Gabby Kirshner. Thanks so much for coming, Gabby. Could you just tell us what you do a little bit about yourself? Totally. First, thanks for having me. Um, Second, I'm the community manager at Copa90, which is a big soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, uh, media company based in New York and London. So how long have you worked at Copa90? A little over a year. I started, it's my first job out of college, which is pretty exciting. Um, So I started, you know, not last September, but the September before. Do you like it there? Love it. Seems fun. Um, So what do you really do there? So I'm the community manager, as I said, which is essentially like we really are. Yeah, exactly. And it means something different in every industry. Uh, For us at Copa90, it's essentially our purpose is to be the voice of the fans. You know, like the ESPNs, the Foxes, like they're all going to kind of point the camera towards the field and we yeah. want to turn it the other way and point yeah. it into the stands. That's what I've realized. I watch Copa 90 a lot and I'm sorry guys, my <laughs> I have a cold right now so that's why I sound a little terrible. There, there are some unbelievable documentaries. There. Exactly. It's really great stuff. Yeah, so when we want to get like fans to interview for these clubs that we talk about and all that kind of stuff, my job is to kind of be the liaison between the production team and the fans. Yeah. So when we need fans for interviews, fans for footage, just if we want them to help us tell the story because, you know, it's going to be more authentic coming from someone who knows it, has yeah. lived it, that kind of stuff, that's who I find. That's what I've realized. A lot, most mainstream soccer, football, whatever you call it, media companies are more about the players, the game, which is, of course, what it's about in general. That's what you're paying to watch. But I think the game would be nothing without fans. I really like how Copa 90 focuses on that. So I think you've told me, if I remember correctly, you're involved with Liverpool. You're a Liverpool fan, you said. Yeah, huge Liverpool fan. Um, I used to run their US Twitter account, which was really cool. Um, It just got taken over by someone else, which is kind of nice because I get to now enjoy games as a fan. And when we concede a goal, I don't have to tweet about it. I can just be sad in my (laughs) own head. Um, But yeah, uh, it was was an absolute dream to work for my favorite club. Fantastic. Liverpool... I've also thought they've had the greatest fans. We, I like to, there's a big fight. You know, football Twitter, whoever doesn't, isn't on Twitter, is one of the craziest places in the world. Oh my God. People can be really smart or usually really stupid. <laughs> the fights between Barcelona and Liverpool fans during Coutinho, though, I don't think well, it's crazy. Well, just stop buying our players and yeah. we'll stop fighting with you. Easy as that. Then stop buying, <laughs> uh, I don't have an excuse. Uh, yeah, it's three recently, Mastrano, Suarez, Coutinho. So, how do you think you're doing that, Coutinho? You're doing pretty well the first game. Yeah, yeah. I was really nervous, I have to say. Um, and I was I was at the I was lucky enough to go to the Manchester City game back in January. Yeah, first their first loss of the season. Um, unbelievable atmosphere, first time in the cop, just general great experience. Um, and I was so nervous going into that into that match. Like first match Were without expectations that high or no? Well, it was the first match without Coutinho. It was, you know, playing the league leaders, all signs pointed to disaster, at least for me. I'm, you know, I'm also a Mets fan. So I just like, I'm very disappointed all the time. Um, but I I mean, we've done amazing. I, I was really worried, especially how it would impact Firmino because, you know, he just lost Lucas. Yeah. Alberto Moreno is who knows what. So, you know, he lost his closest friend on the team and, yeah. and the amount of Brazilians. Firmino's been so good. Yeah, the amount of Brazilians are slowly dwindling. Mm. So I was worried if mentally it would impact him at all. But man, he just, he's like, nope, it's my turn oh, to shine yeah, yeah. now. <laughs> I think Klopp, I've always liked Klopp, not as much as some Liverpool fans. Fair. Or some fans in general. But I think one thing he's really good at is he, 
I think it's safe to say some people say Salah. I think Coutinho was still your best player. I think. Yeah. And I think what's great about Klopp, and sorry if I'm stealing this point from what you were going to say, but he's great at bringing the best out of players. Like he doesn't need to buy the the 11 best players in the world Mm -hmm. to field a starting 11. Like I... (laughs) I'm. I love Adam Lallana. I think that he is a very underrated player. Maybe not now since he's been injured, but I think he's a perfect example of what Klopp can do because he was like a fine player. I mean, he's captain of Southampton, but like, um, like he was a he was a fine player. Yeah. But when he came to Liverpool, he Klopp, stepped it up a level. And even now with yeah. uh, Oxley Chamberlain, I think yeah. Klopp has really. I thought it was gonna be a horrendous signing. Uh, I've so never, did we. I've never liked him. <laughs> no, and and but, but Klopp good. knew how to get the most yeah. out of him. And again, the most out of him is not world class, but yeah, he's everyone has been so pleased with how he's played. And I think it's the same with Firmino. Like Klopp yeah. just knew how to adjust things enough to really make us forget that Coutinho even left. Yeah. <laughs> the two things I'd say is one, I, what I was going to say about Klopp is that he he's, he has a... I don't. I don't know what I'd call it. He really just. He takes a punch. He keeps going. It's really about the team. I hate Mourinho, as I assume you do. Yeah. I feel like Klopp. His philosophy is Mourinho-like in some ways, just much more likable. Like we don't care about you, just you one player. We care about the team. We care about doing the things our way. Granted, Klopp's style of play is way better, and Mourinho is a much more likable <laughs> guy. But I just feel like the core principle of it's us against them. And we're going to stick together no matter what really applies to both Klopp and Mourinho. Totally. And I I think that you can see it in the fact that, you know, obviously Salah is phenomenal and he's, yeah. you know, our, our leading goal scorer. But they t- they don't talk about just Salah. They talk about the Fab Four. Yeah. So it's about the whole attack. And it's even when we concede, it's sometimes it's like a huge egregious error by one person. But for the <laughs> most part... Lovren? <laughs> yeah, specifically Lovren. Yeah. But... For the most part, it's it also feels like when we concede, we concede as a team. Like there's yeah. mistakes all the way along the way, and it it really is like front and back such yeah. a team mentality, yeah. which is awesome. One thing, one player I've always wondered what every Liverpool think, fan thinks of him because it's so different. What do you think about Jordan Henderson? <sighs> I feel like he's kind of the definition of an average footballer who has a few great days. Yeah, I go back and forth on Jordan Henderson. I think that he has been really unlucky with injury and that, you know, had he not gotten some of, hurt as much as he had, we'd be having a different conversation. But I was so, I was excited for him to replace Gerard as our captain because I thought it seemed like such a natural progression. But yeah, I agree. He he doesn't, on the field or off the field, doesn't strike me as a leader. Yeah, I'd agree. Also, one more question. So, when Liverpool sold Coutinho, what we paid you was 142 million pounds, something. real amount of it was money. A, it was Incomprehensible. a good deal for you. Yeah, oh, it was a absolutely. Great deal. No one human being is worth that except probably Lionel Messi. Yeah, and <laughs> someone someone made a comment because no, obviously- A few others. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> someone made a comment, obviously, because we spent a lot on, on Van Dyke that I don't remember what it exactly broke down to, but it was something like we got Keita, Van Dyke, and like 8 million so for, or a little more than that. Like we got Keita, Van Dyke, Maybe someone else and like eight million for Coutinho, and when you yeah. br- like when you put it that way, that seems pretty like yeah we got the the better end of that deal, especially because he's not even playing for you. Yeah. Not <laughs> yet. Yeah, he, I think they're gonna ease him in slowly. Um, yeah, I don't know. If, I you know him better than I do. You've had him for a while. 
I think it's crazy how he started out on the right wing. I don't think it's going to be there much, but that he's, he's not a right wing. Or where would you say in Barca's system formation, where would you play him? Because so I think he's going to be on the left of a 4-4-2. Yeah, I don't really know, which is why I was like, not surprised that you signed him because you're Barcelona and yeah. you he's signed... A, he's not like a perfect fit right now. A perfect fit, if we were going to spend the money, I think we should have just gone for Tiago personally. Huh, yeah. Because the in, people use injury record against him, but if you look at it, I'm sorry, guys. They always make this part of the podcast. He, his injury record is a little better than Coutinho's or the best years. He's the perfect Bars. He was. I think he's a one true heir to Xavi. Yeah, yeah, you definitely didn't buy Coutinho as like a spot replacement. You just signed him because he's good, and I think you're gonna figure it out later. Type of thing. You know, it's not yeah. like oh, we have this issue that like needs solving. Let's buy a player yeah. for it. It was very much just like he's good. We'll we'll put him somewhere yeah. sometime. Um, which I, I guess when you're Barcelona and you're guess, starting eleven yeah. is that good? You can make signings like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I'd say Coutinho. Yeah, he'll fit in at some point. We'll see when and how. But I think I'm just shocked that he would take. Th- there's no way he thought he was going to waltz into the starting eleven. Yeah, but and he was world, bought to be a starter for sure. But the World Cup is this summer. Yeah. Like, how much playing? How much of a cut in playing time can he afford? Because yeah. like Liverpool would start him every single game if he yeah. wasn't pretending to have a, a, a back injury. Like, <laughs> he would have gotten the minutes he would need to play for Brazil in the World Cup. And, like, Brazil has a good squad. Yeah. He needs to prove himself I to agree. get onto it. And, like, right now, and I would Kite, put, the man, I think he would drop Coutinho. He has nothing to see that Coutinho yeah. has been good. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to Liverpool... You guys probably, I'd say you probably have someone from 60, 80 million to spend right now. If you could sign one or two players of that, who would you go for? Absolutely, Christian Pulisic. Put all of it into him. That's Bring him here. I think, do you think everyone was saying Mares, which made no sense because one, he's not that that good. Two, you don't need a wide player. Yeah, I saw that. I, I think Pulisic would be perfect as number 10. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think I that's s- where he's best. I saw the Mares. The Mares rumor came so last minute and out of nowhere. And then he always went to City. Yeah, that, that's a prime example of he. He's definitely a very talented player, but he had one amazing season. But the team had one amazing season. Yeah, he was unbelievable. He was phenomenal. Totally, but like, I don't know. He just made the wrong move at the wrong time. I think. Yeah. But yeah, I would a hundred percent put all of our eggs into the Chris. Like yeah. just like I'd bl- love to like, see that. Just pour buckets of cash he, at Dortmund. Uh, he's the future of U.S. soccer. Absolutely, he and he's ugly. he's such a perfect Liverpool player. And he knows Klopp. And what you don't always see of these. What he's eighteen now or nineteen, something like that. He's one of those. He might he's, have turned nineteen. I think. He's so you can tell he's focused. He's not distracted. He's down to earth. He he cares about the game and he wants to get on, which I really like. Totally. I and I think we'd make back shirt sales. You know, yeah. like we'd make whatever we spend on him, we're going to make back in shirt sales in like two days. Yeah. I think that, that would absolutely just all around be, be a such a good signing, signing for us. Yeah. And with the way that Dortmund is playing, did they end up losing to Atalanta? I, or I don't know. Atalanta like had tied it up at some point. Either way, Dortmund is having... They, they started so... And they lost to Bamiang. They're really... Yeah. They're on a downward spiral. Yeah, they got Mishi, which was a really, really great pickup I, for them. I'm so happy to see him doing so. It was all, such all a good our listen, All you guys would know, during and before the World Cup, or the US of 2016, I was a huge fan of him, and I've stuck with him. He's great. He, he's a great player, and I, I love seeing him. I, I don't like Chelsea, but I love that the guy who scored their winning goal in the Prem last year 
was him. That made me really happy. That might have been my signing, my my like top January transfer. I think yeah. it was just such a good move for everyone involved. But yeah, yeah. I think that Dort like I get obviously that the Bundesliga and the Premier League people debate which is higher quality and should Dortmund st- uh, pull a six day in, yeah. in Dortmund to develop better, etc. But I don't know. I think that with the way that Dortmund's doing, the way that Liverpool's doing, yeah. it would be a good move for him. Liverpool's definitely on an upward trend for sure. Yeah, and Dortmund's not. Dortmund so a, the the one they still have Alexander Isak Isak. Have you seen him play? I've only seen him a little bit. That young Swedish guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Julian Weigel, I'm a big fan. I know, but for whatever reason, something's not. Yeah, something's not I working. I think they've kind of become. Not used to, but like they've kind of accepted the fact that they're, they're not really going to beat Bayern Munich. I think they, they've kind of realized it's not really possible. I know, but they could at least come second. I know. Like they have in the past, and this year yeah. it's just. They started really well. Yeah. Bayern started. I kind of hope they kind of hope they keep tanking though, because then maybe Pulisic will leave. Yeah. But I amend my original statement. I say 90% of the cash, spend it on Pulisic, but leave a little over for a keeper. I've been curious. Allison. Karius has been good recently. Thought, yeah. I've been pleasantly surprised with his goalkeeping. It's definitely an improvement over Mignolet, but he's still not the kind of keeper, the quality of keeper we want if we want to consistently be a top four side. I know he hasn't worked out too at Everton, but I still think you guys should have gone for pick for this summer. Again, I just don't think that that's the quality. Like if we're going to sign a new a, keeper, I, yeah. that to I me feels like Allison a Karius. Becker from Roma. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who we've been most strongly linked to, and I would be really yeah. happy with that yeah. signing. Um, again, and I think it's kind of the same thing as like a Klopp signing. Like it's not David De Gea. It's yeah, not yeah. like the flashiest name, Klopp but it's going to go get the for job big done. names, except right. for Pulisic. <laughs> Van Dyke was. He's not even that big a name on the global scale. We he, made him a big name exactly, just because like, we wanted him. He's from Southampton, yeah. As our half our squad. But. <laughs> so yeah, um, let's talk a little more about like what you do. So I've read some of your writing. It's really good. So you, one thing I've read a lot you write about is women's football, women in football. I saw something that someone tweeted. It may have been you recently about how in Tigres, Grace's game in Mexico on a Monday night. Was that you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had like 14,000 people. Yeah, the Liga MX Women's League is brand new. Last year was its first year. And even last year, the the support for it has been amazing. And... So the reason that they founded the the Women's League was because they want their national team to get better. Um, so they have, I don't know the exact numbers, but like a certain percentage of the players um, have to be Mexican nationals. Um, so it's like- Some people will call it that like nationalistic. I think, I think if you, I think- I think for I now, while it's still mostly a development yeah. league, that totally yeah. makes sense. Plus- like for, I'd love the MLS to, to benefit the USMNT more. Exactly. So I think that it's, especially because it's the second year, like I don't think they expect that to be the case forever. But for now, with that explicit purpose of the league, it makes sense. But the the support for it has been absolutely unreal. Like last year, um, I forget what club was playing at like a training ground that didn't have stands. And the there were so many people standing outside the fence trying to watch the game that the 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 coach was like, we're gonna have to move to a stadium because like people want to see us play. And yeah, this this Monday it was the class uh Classico Regio between Tigres and Monterey, the women's teams, and it drew 
thirteen and a half thousand on a Monday night. You know, That's like yeah. it's you saw if anyone watched the Arsenal game today on a you know Thursday night, how hard it, that stadium wasn't at all full. And obviously, it's a little bit of a smaller scale, but still, yeah. like a, a weeknight for a women's league in its second yeah. year is so good to see, and it's already helping the national team because the Mexican U twenty women beat the U.S. Yeah. U-20 women in the in a final recently. You know, I think honestly, as crazy as this may sound, has helped women's football grow a lot. Women's national teams being incorporated to FIFA. Totally. That, that may, but because, that may sound crazy, but so many people know the game from FIFA and just add that to the equation. And it's just a huge, because so many people who don't care about soccer play FIFA. I know. But like, it's just... It's a visibility thing it's a for visibility, sure. Visibility, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's like true in in just life in general. That like there are plenty of things that have a campaign. Yeah. Like, you know, if she can see it, she can be it. And it's it's yeah. just like if you don't know something exists, you're not gonna pursue it, watch it. Like yeah. it applies you only to can everything. See what's input in front of exactly. you? Exactly. Kind of Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, sure, you can seek some things out, but I don't think... People tend to identify yeah. to the most convenient thing. Exactly. And especially when it comes to women's sports, I don't think that's unfortunately yet something that people are, are really seeking out in the same way. Another question. You told me you used to work at the MLS, right? I used to work at the Red Bulls. Red Bulls. I interned there uh, when I was a senior in college. So I, I, I think a lot of you guys know I'm an NYCFC season ticket holder. Our family is. And I love going to the games, it's fun, but I just can't really get into MLS. I don't know why. Like, are you really into MLS or eh? I definitely would say I'm a Liverpool supporter ahead yeah. of a Red Bull supporter. But Ooh, Barcelona, NYCFC, yeah. But I I really do love MLS. I, I love going to Red Bulls games. Like I'm I don't think I'm ever gonna feel as passionately about it as I do Liverpool, but I also got into Liverpool first, so it has yeah. an advantage. But to me, it was it's really nice to have something that I can like actually attend. Like yeah. I go to Anfield once every like five years, yeah. if that. And you know, I can go to the Red Bulls every weekend if I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I I like have a lot of friends that I go with and it's it's definitely like a like a good experience for for everyone. And even I started supporting the Red Bulls, um, I want to say like 2006, 2007. Mm -hmm. and so pre-Henri. Pre-Henri, yeah. exactly. And it's it's been really fun to watch the changes in the stands. Um, I think that slowly but surely people are getting more into it, yeah. even if you're not one of them yet. Like when I would go to a game in 2006, there would be more Manchester United jerseys in the stands <laughs> than Red Bulls. Yeah. And now it's, Pretty much like ninety nine percent actually MLS jerseys instead of European. It's a pretty good atmosphere. There aren't that many people. The people who are there really they get it going. The totally I, the Hudson for derbies are fun. Yeah, I, I've always wanted to go to one at Red Bull Arena. I haven't been able to yet, but I've heard it's really fun. Yeah, I went to a couple the first year. Um, I've been to I think all but one or two at Yankee Stadium. I went to the one the first one that we lost at Yankee Stadium. That was a big the bummer. One nil or two. Two, nil. two something. Yeah, it I might remember have been. that day, guys. My dad and I, we were coming back from the Euros, and we'd just seen some of the best football in the world. When we got the game was going on, when we got off the plane, so we were just following it in our on our phones right after seeing world class football. But no, my favorite MLS game I've ever been to was the three two uh, New York Derby, where Villa scored a hat trick. Were you? you remember oh, that I one? wasn't there, but I was oh. watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, no, I'm not gonna say that. 
you know, two MLS teams could, you know, play on the same stage as the Euros and come even close. But like, yeah. it's it's our home league, and you know, yeah, it's, and you got to support it. Yeah, or you know, you can. There's the Cosmos and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't want to say MLS is the only soccer we have in the states, but if you want to support like quote unquote top flight soccer, you got MLS, and and there is something nice about having it in your backyard. Thank you, Gabby, for everything you've talked about. It's all been really interesting. But there's one thing I think you've written about a little bit about mental health in football. With it's been, There's been a rising awareness for it. And I think it was Aaron Lennon. Yeah. There's been some other high-profile incidents with players football really starting the mental health depression. Yeah. So, so yeah. I've written about my experience with it and how um, my personal experiences with mental health have impacted my yeah. being a Liverpool fan, you know, anyone who's experienced depression or anything like that knows that, you know, waking up in the morning is hard enough, let alone at 7 a.m. to watch a game. And, you know, enthusiasm isn't exactly, or like passion isn't exactly, you know, what you're going to have when you're in a depressive state. But I also think that it in general needs to be something that we talk more about in society. And I think that um, like footballers especially um, are under such pressure and such scrutiny all the time that it has to have, you know, a negative effect. And it's just, they're not allowed to talk about it. You know, they're supposed to be like the pinnacle of- There's such a spotlight focused on you and every move is scrutinized. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that that's one of the reasons, obviously beyond him just being incredible, is uh, one of the reasons that I have massive amounts of respect for Landon Donovan is he was one of the first that I know to really speak out about his experience with it. And that's why he took a four month sabbatical back in, I think, 2013. Um, and he's been really vocal about his experiences and it's not something that he's shied away from at all. And as you mentioned, Aaron Lennon and Copa 90 actually over in the UK, they did a really great partnership with Maytree, um, which is a like suicide prevention organization in the UK, um, with a couple of ex-footballers and their experience with it. Um, and just about like, you know, how you know football shouldn't be a matter of life and death and it's it's not literally like literally it shouldn't be a matter of life and death and I think especially when it comes to concussion awareness I had a gym teacher in high school who told us a story he played d1 call like d1 in college and and coached the college team after he graduated and he talked about getting diagnosed with severe depression from heading the ball so much and it's it's something that we... It's a real issue that is not paid attention to enough. Like when I was 13, I'd say, I had a concussion from soccer and it, it has some long lasting effects. And it's really... Emotionally, mentally. Yeah, like It impacts the lives of a lot of people in our world. And I think and people really don't pay enough attention to it is what I say. Totally. And, and being a footballer is so much about like, you know, losses... Yeah. hurt and it but it's about picking yourself up and moving on and and sometimes it's harder than that and I don't think there's yeah. enough of an acknowledgement that you know sometimes like mental health like you rehab an injury mental health is should be taken care of just as much as you know a knock here or there or broken yeah. foot Gabby thank you so much for coming to be on the show thanks so much we for having me we have a me. tradition that we how we end every episode. We my dad started. I think it's kind of stupid, honestly, but it's really nice. We end. We will. We'll find a rhyme that rhymes with two, and we say this isn't footy for one, it's footy for two. So I'm trying to think of something that rhymes that we with talked about. two. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know what you've already used. He, he like 
we can reuse it. One thing he did really bad, we were talking about Coutinho, he said Philippe Coutinho, which I shut him down. I thought that was really bad. But Oh, it can it can only be one word? Yeah. No, it can be like a sentence. It has to end in ooh. That's it can be like well, if you want to do Philip Coutinho, he's no longer a red, he's a blue. That's good. There you go. It's, no, it's not footy for one's favorite team. Thank you so much, Gabby. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. <laughs>